three, two, one. JD Prater, welcome to this TechBond conversation. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you and I met in person the first time at the Global SEM Rush conference, which was pretty cool, to be honest. Uh, but to kind of start in the uh, at the beginning, you are the the chief evangelist at Cora. You know, in fact, I'm just gonna let you introduce yourself, maybe. <laughs> I know. Like, what is this evangelist? Uh, like, such a great title. Uh, speaking of evangelist, it's pretty cool. We're having Guy Kawasaki come to Cora to talk, who was like nice. the first evangelist, you know, like we can all like kind of like think of, you know, when he was at Apple. I think now he's doing some evangelism for Canva. But uh, uh, I'm pretty excited for that as he kind of really paved this way for people like me. So evangelist at Cora, yes. So that's that's really what I'm kind of doing. I How I kind of think through it is, uh, for the marketers listening, I think we all kind of understand brand marketing. I think we understand product marketing. And I think we all kind of understand like content marketing. And I think an evangelist kind of sits in the middle of those three as a way to like tell a story about the product, also about the brand. But then you're also like doing some writing, you're doing some podcasts, right? You're, you're, you're creating content about the brand. And so that's kind of how I think through the role that makes sense to me. So yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I love that. And I love that whole idea of an evangelist, to be honest. Uh, sounds like a pretty good good deal. Uh, and by the way, for Guy Kawasaki, I mean, it's obviously super well-known <laughs> in the space. Um, is Cora organizing some regular talks where they invite people from the outside? Uh, not for the outside. So we do a monthly kind of, I don't know, like we do call them like fireside chats and invite people that are uh, typically like within the Valley, I think a lot of these people are connected somehow with our like exec team as somehow they all are connected somehow and they all know somebody that knows somebody, but they end up getting some like really cool people that come in once a month and they just kind of do like a, a Q and a with them. And so the, the next one that's coming up though is, is Guy Kawasaki. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped on that one. Oh man. I I've, love- uh, yeah, apparently, so uh, also side note here, uh, apparently he likes to surf in a, a very similar spot that I like to surf. Uh, he's been spotted in the local coffee shop in Santa Cruz, so pretty cool, pretty cool. I'm, I'm waiting to catch him out there on the wave someday and uh, get to like give him priority to the wave. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so sick. Imagine going on a surf with a uh, guy Kosaki and then going out to coffee with him. Oh man, there's... That would be there's yeah. so much knowledge to be pulled out of his brain, but he seems like a super fascinating guy. Um, and I sure. love that you know companies like Cora invest in bringing on people to you know like for fireside chats and just to uh, give them access to their employees. We also did the same thing at Atlassian, and we are doing the same thing at G2 right now, and it's very very inspiring, and uh, it's such a great added benefit and we're talking about some very famous people uh i've done some digging and uh on your website uh you mentioned (laughs) some of your heroes uh like david ogilvy uh seth godin ernest hemingway kevin durant that is a pretty high class lineup (laughs) um like maybe I'm, i'm very curious about what is it that fascinates you about each of those four people or even that even just one like but can you point at something uh for mm-hmm. example that seth godin or david ogilvy or Mr. Hemingway or kevin durant have that that is really that is so inspiring to you i think a lot of their i mean like man crush is seth godin <laughs> I, that guy just provides value every single day on his blog right it could be a hundred words it could be 500 words it could be a a book. But I think with all of them too, one thing I really liked was the amount of value that they bring, how helpful it is. And then just like how humble each of them were. I mean, we, we could argue a little bit about Ogilvy, but I, I think when you look at like Kevin Durant, you know, telling his mom that, you know, she's the real MVP, we can get upset about him leaving the thunder for the Warriors uh, as someone from Oklahoma. We, you know, that was very important to us. <laughs> it's yeah. like, really? But <laughs> I think when you see how they perform, how they act on the court, how they write a book, how they put together ads, it's it's really inspiring to see how they're they're really like thinking through a lot of things. And I think it's like their brain that I find the most exciting and then how they portray themselves in public 
I think is pretty cool too. Like you don't really see a lot about Kevin Durant in the news. You don't really hear a lot about Seth Godin unless you're like reading and keeping up with Seth Godin. And then Ogilvy, because he's like kind of before our time, you know, you like read his books and you're just like, man, this guy can convey such a hard concept in like 10 words. And it's, it's just like, wow, you're like a true master of your craft. Yes, there's certain masters of the craft. And I look up to each and every one of them as well. Um, and yeah, Seth Godin also kind of a, a major influence on me. Uh, I saw him live a couple of years ago at a keynote in uh, mm. Denver at a Digital Summit conference. And uh, uh, I think I may have been there. What? No way. Were you there? <laughs> That's the only time I've seen him as well. No way. Yes, I did. I like, was like five years ago, maybe? Or is this is this more recent? Uh, yeah, I think three to five years ago, somewhere in that uh, time range. I have to look it up again. But yeah, I spoke uh, at that conference and then uh, wow. I was super pumped to see him live. Yeah, we might have, might have met each other without realizing uh, such a small oh, world. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a connection. And everyone listening just heard it too. Like they're part of the connection as well. Oh, I that's know. That's the, that's the <laughs> awesome stuff about this, right? And it's going to... It's uh, it's it's everybody's involved listening to that. Uh, who knows who else was there? Who I'm going to talk to in a little bit? So, uh, uh, small word, but yeah, I mean, Godin. Um, it was a it was a interesting moment for me because I it was the first time that I saw him live and kind of answer questions on the spot, and I think that's that's always when um, push comes to shove. You know, when people have to answer any question on the spot and. Uh, show kind of if they are just well rehearsed or if there's a lot behind the facade and he did a brilliant job in being very tactical and very providing really good answers right and that that just kind of uh, reaffirmed my uh, impression of uh, Seth Godin then I'm also a subscriber to his blog of course I'm going to link to his blog in the show notes um, and his podcast and yeah it's it's just like he's very thorough um, and he whatever he touches he really um does like he doesn't do anything half assed you know like he really puts in the quality his podcast akimbo same thing fresh kind of format um and he doesn't like it's not an interview style type of podcast right he only talks very similar to his his blog articles and i think he covers some of the same uh, topics actually but mm -hmm. it feels very polished very unique and very seth godin like and then uh, of course, I listened to like his interviews on uh, Tim Ferriss and a couple of other podcasts, and he seems to also live this very um, artisan lifestyle, right? Like he does, he makes his yeah. own chocolate, yeah. his own vodka. He puts a lot of thought into raising his kids, into cooking. So um, I, I totally relate to what you're saying there, where those people, they're they're craftsmen, and they strive to achieve the highest quality in whatever they do, whatever they touch. Yeah. And it was Seth too. Like he just, like, I just, I, I can't read a blog from him and then like not think differently. Yeah. Like he literally forces me to like think about something in a completely different way. And most of the time I think it's probably a better way, you know, uh, he just challenges and to be able to do that every day and to th do it, without really being on like social media too. Like he, he talks about this a lot too. He's, you won't really find him on Twitter, right? You're not gonna really going to find him on LinkedIn giving inspirational posts. <laughs> You're not really going to see him on like YouTube. Like, you're right. He doesn't really promote himself like we think you should. He just shows up yeah. and you can tell he's like really thoughtful. He's really thinking through things and the way that he can like take a, like a, a really good idea and like tell it in a story or in a way that resonates with thousands and, you know, probably even hundreds of thousands of people is really, really inspiring and to think how many marketers have developed a strategy or a tactic because of him, like his influence is, is wide reaching. It's, it's impressive. Absolutely. And maybe he should be on Cora. <laughs> so maybe, I know. right. I know. Like, Seth's He's always corner. talking about Wikipedia, and I'm like, "Come on, man!" No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, honestly, like uh, to to maybe close the loop there. Um, I saw a lot of that um, kind of uh, craftsmanship and dedication. Your presentation at the Global SEM Rush event as well, where you, um, I thought, gave a kick-ass um, presentation about Cora that was not just that was not super promotional in that sense, but 
provided a lot of helpful advice to the audience in terms of how to use Quora. And I remember you even saying something like, hey, SEOs, like, come to Quora, post your links. You know, it's like, uh, I thought it was very real and very authentic. Um, and at the same time, super helpful and polished also. So that reminds me a lot on Seth uh, and some of the other people that you mentioned here. So maybe we can quickly touch on that. Um, on your role uh, as evangelist is clear with Quora. But what is kind of the, what is the message that you want to bring out to the world about Cora? <laughs> wow, that's a really good question. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for the, for the, for the compliments, right? I, I really appreciate that. So I think, you know, like for the world, for us, like in how we think through it, how we think through it at Cora is surprisingly a very mission-driven company. And I, I know a lot of companies say this and a lot of them imbibe it. We just had a Thanksgiving party and the amount of people that got up and were like thankful in front of the whole company around this mission and how we are able to kind of bond around that and how that leads to product development, how that leads to ad policies is really interesting. So I think uh, for those listening that don't know our mission, our mission is to you know grow and share the world's knowledge, right? It's like, how do you democratize knowledge? And we know that a lot of this knowledge is it's in this podcast, right? It's in books that we're reading, and it's not in the on the internet and in a way that's easily found. Um, and that's what Cora is really trying to do. And so a lot of people, like marketers, get really uh, I think defensive with their uh, content, right? You know, they want the traffic, and I need the metrics, and we get it. And so we're really just starting to say, hey, look, like our mission. We just want to share and grow the world's knowledge. You have knowledge that's on your blog. So, hey, SEOs, hey, content marketers, like you can also leverage Quora to help, right? And to like meet people when they're looking for these type of solutions and your information can be there as well. So a lot of that is also altruistic and we know that not everyone is going to do that. But at the same time, it's like we also get it like you need, uh, you know, those metrics, you need that traffic back to your website. I think a lot of that too is just, you know, providing value. And wow, we had one marketer tell me, it's like, it's not so much the traffic that I need, it's the idea that I need to live on, right? And so writing this Quora answer and really hitting someone when they're looking for an answer and be able to put your solution in kind of almost like inception, that idea in their head, they'll eventually come back and find you. And I thought that was a really interesting way to like think about Quora. Yeah, I love that. I, I I respect that very much because first of all, it's real, right? It's like not mm -hmm. pretending, but instead saying, look, we understand it. We get it. We understand why you do this. But if you do it, first of all, our algorithms are going to make sure that the best answer rises to the top so that, you know, even if you try to exploit our platform, tr like try us, we will make sure that, you know, if it's high quality, it gets to the top. If it's not, then it, it doesn't. And at the same time, um, it also feels a lot like you understand that there is having, you know, like having your cake and eating it too. You know, it's like uh, you can get some drive, possibly some value back, and you can help us achieve our mission. And by the way, I think it's totally fine nowadays to be a very mission-driven company. In fact, mm -hmm. I think if you're not, it's going to be super difficult to to um, to employ top talent because people want to work at a company that they can that that suits their identity. It's not just this nine to five job anymore. Uh, and then on top of that, even like, I love that mission in, in particular because learning to me and knowledge is very, very important. Uh, so that's a, that's a long and winning way to say that I very much relate to that. So um, like one of the, of the coolest or maybe most impressive answers on Quora that I've ever seen came from Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It, yeah, he writes really good answers. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely impressive. And maybe it's it's not himself writing it, but one of his five hundred thousand uh, staff members. <laughs> it doesn't matter in the end, right? Like, but yeah. I saw this. I by chance I stumbled. I think it was about Snapchat. I stumbled on this answer, which I will link in the show notes. And it was at least a two thousand word article that, as of as I could tell, was uniquely written just for Cora plus an infographic and a video, it's, it was intense. And it almost felt like he tried to 
try what happens when he com- when it goes completely overboard. And that's, you know, that's with all the criticism and hate, that's where I respect Gary Vee a lot is he like really tries some cool new stuff. So um, I'm curious, like what is the most impressive answer that you have ever seen on Korra? Oh man, that's a really good one. Um, I don't know about the, so I'll, I'll give you a couple that I really like. Um, so we have... Uh, my feed is like really tailored to me, right? So everyone's feed is going to be tailored to the more you use Cora, the more signal you're giving into the algorithm, right? And it learns to surface more of this content. So I, I get a lot of SaaS. I get a lot of marketing. Um, I get a lot of personal finance as I becoming an adult. Uh, I've been an adult for a while, but my finances <laughs> are in terrible disarray as I finally learned that I should be investing in the stock market. Um, but what does that mean with the recession on the rise or maybe a recession? <laughs> anyway, so those are the kind of questions I'm reading now. But some of the answers I really enjoy, like uh, so Jason Limkin, I really like him. You know, uh, SaaS guy. He's the founder of Saster. So if you guys are out there, ever attended that conference, like, you know, almost 20,000 people in the SaaS world are attending. Um, and he comes on and he tries to write two answers every day. Hmm. So I, I one, I, I just like his answering is also really good. You won't really find links in any of his answers. It's literally uh, what he told me was, I try to find ones that I can answer in like 10 minutes. I already have the answer. So I'm not actually trying to answer. It's already in my head. I'm just getting it out. Gotcha. And he said that by writing, it actually makes his thoughts clearer. Yes. Right? So I asked this question on Cora, um, at what point should a startup hire a CMO? And I t- in, within Cora, you can request answers. So I, I just requested, hey, like, he answered it in like 10 minutes. Like 10 minutes later, he answered it. And this answer, you read it and you're like, whoa, that was like spot on. That's a spot on answer, right? And it's roughly like around the, the 20 million mark in revenue. And, right, and he, then he listed out all the reasons. Like by then, you already have market, product market fit, shit figured out. By then, it's no longer about demand gen. It's about building a brand. I... I'll, I'll send you this question and you can link it in the show notes because it was like really good, but he did it in like 10 minutes and you're like, damn, you're so smart. <laughs> uh, there's another writer called, his name is Adam Fayed. He is out of, I think he lives in Japan. He has like 55 million answer views. All he writes about is personal finance. Again, value, value, value. And what I really like about him is how he does his link. So he writes these answers, I'd say 200, 300 words around personal finance. So like picking stocks, you know, what are some of his favorite stocks? And they're like really good answers. And then at the bottom, he always just says, here's some extra reading. And he just has like three links Hmm. and they all go back to his properties. But he knows based off you just reading this answer, the next logical step for you is to go read this. And it's, it happens to be a podcast that he did. It happens to be 52 finance tips that he's already written the blog on, right? And so he's, you know, he's also kind of, in a way, you could say, monetizing those eyeballs, right, that he's already getting. But it, it's also just a very natural way on Quora, rather than some marketers come on and it's like, link, 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 <laughs> link, you know, 10 links in your answer, and it just like, what is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> wow, yeah, that's so. impressive. I mean, that that many views and it i think that's something that a lot of people misunderstand about being very present on another platform is okay you don't necessarily own the content but your goal is or if your goal is to reach a lot of people like why not leverage that platform and get those views right like you still have those eyeballs on your content um and so you also mentioned that he that adam vayet if i pronounce his name correctly um, he adds links to his answer. So is is there a, like an algorithmic, I don't want to say a penalty, but like does the algorithm um, rank answers with links lower than answers without a link? I don't know that. Like that's like an, in, it's a different team and they uh, they work on the algorithm. It's constantly changing and they're, they keep it pretty, pretty tight lid because they know, uh, that once it's out, marketers are going to game it. <laughs> you know, this is what we do. <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of things that I think through and from what I've heard, so I'll try to help provide some some value, but also like sh- shine a light on some of these things. So I, I think inherently uh, links, too many links going to the same URL mm. would be a signal versus 
a link to .gov, a link to .edu, a link to Wikipedia, where you're actually like citing the source, right? And then you're actually just giving it credit. And I think that's very different than one, two, three, four, five, all going back to my homepage or all going back to the same blog. And I think that's the difference. And so we would consider if you're going to the same URL over and over, that would be like gray spam. It's not spam, but it's like this like middle ground spam. But it's also not really like what we want. So within Quora, within the guidelines that states uh, like high quality answers, you should be able to get the answer for this question without having to leave Quora, right? Gotcha. And so it's really, it's optimizing for the user, not necessarily you. And so good, our top writers, that's what they do really well. They give you the value. You don't have to leave Quora. And then they follow up at the bottom with like, here's some additional reading, right? And they're just like, this is the next step. Uh, so you are answering the question. It is high value. And now here's a link rather than, oh, you want the answer? Cool. Here's here it is. You know, Makes or uh, I love the beginning uh, one where it's like, oh, I'm glad you asked this question. I just wrote a blog about this. Link, <laughs> you know, and you're like, no, no, <laughs> no, you're missing the point here. <laughs> no, that, that's so, really helpful. Anyway. Uh, cause I think there are some platforms that, um, give you less reach when you have a link. I think uh, Twitter and LinkedIn might be like that. Uh, and then obviously all these algorithms are constantly yeah. change, uh, changing. And But I get that, right? I get that um, a lot where if you just offload your links uh, and especially depending on the links, that's not super helpful. Um, and yes, as marketers, we're, you know how it is, right? Like <laughs> we're certainly going to exploit that. But I'm curious, like how do you work with the core product team at Quora and maybe the team that, uh, runs the algorithm. I assume those are different teams. How can I imagine yeah. that as an evangelist? Where um, I know, for example, just to, to you know um, to to provide more context. I know, for example, that at Google, the people working on the core algorithm, and there are many algorithms, but they are very shielded and very isolated from the rest of the company, which I also get. But there's it's almost impossible for certain people, even those people that are very publicly representing Google to really know how all these algorithms are structured, depending on how they have been involved and so on. There's more nuance to it. Yeah. But how is that a core yeah. for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. And I mean, to an extent, they are somewhat shielded. Uh, shielded meaning um, they shield us. I think that's a better way to put it. Um, and so how I work with them is really like, I'm more of an input. Hey, I'm hearing this from the market. Hey, I'm seeing this happen. You know, can you help us out with this? Hey, uh, we saw this get flagged for violating our content standards and policies and it got like disapproved. And it's like, why? You know, and it's sometimes, sometimes it's just wrong. Sometimes we get it wrong, right? Sometimes um, it shouldn't have, or maybe uh, it gets reinstated with moderation, you know? So we have uh, this combination of algorithmic moderation, but also, um, within human review that comes in. And so that's kind of me. I'm more of an input rather than an output. And so I think some things that I would encourage people to do when you're trying to understand the algorithm, and this goes really for any platform, right? This is Twitter. This is LinkedIn. This is Facebook. And when you're trying to get as much leverage as you can, it's really kind of being a student of the platform. And I think that's where uh, you as the marketer can really kind of understand. So I'll give you a few things that I know the algorithm does, and I would encourage you to take advantage of. Uh, one thing I mentioned in this, uh, the conference, right, was it's better to write, uh, five answers over five days than five answers in one day. Right. So think about this. It's the exact same thing as Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Like if you're going to tweet, do you put all your tweets on one day or do you spread them out? Right. And it's the same thing with Cora. When you're trying to maximize distribution and reach, uh, that's ultimately what's going to happen is now we know, okay, cool. Now there's consistency. Also with consistency, we also learn what you're an expert in. This is important because there is like an author rank. So it's actually difficult in the beginning to get distribution. Whereas if you've been on for five years, 
it's easier to get distribution because you've built an audience. This just makes sense, right? You're trying to come on and you want to be an influencer or a thought leader. Well, that takes effort, right? Because we don't know that you are unless you're, you know, Barack Obama, right? Or <laughs> who comes on, he has answered questions or Gary V. Like we know who Gary V is, right? Um, we know that this guy is good. He's high quality, right? And so I think that's kind of the difference is you're going to have to build, which also means it's going to take time. And that's where marketers lose interest is that friction point. And I fully understand that I fully get it. It's not a short-term win and it's not a quick win. And so this like short-termism that we have, it may not manifest in the first month of you trying Quora. It may take three, six months to get going. But I call it the flywheel. We've all heard HubSpot's flywheel, right? But it is literally, you have to get it going. But once it's going, it can start moving faster and faster without a whole lot of extra input. So I think that's part of it. The second part to that is all of our answers are evergreen. So it also takes time for those answers to get indexed maybe through Google search and start ranking on Google search. Core does have a, you know, a pretty good uh, domain rank. And so thinking through that as well. So if you want that evergreen aspect of it, that also takes time. We all know in the marketing world, you can't write a blog post and expect it to rank the very next day. Right. (laughs) I think, uh, Hrefs did that, uh, blog post that I always like to reference that it takes like over a year. Like, what was it? Like 90% of blog posts don't even rank for a keyword on the first page. Hmm. And you're like, we can do that for our own content, but we don't want to like you really should have the same mindset for Cora as well. Like it's going to take a time. So yeah, anyway, for sure. And that would be my, my advice. Thanks for being so open about all the, you know, like signals and, um, what people should do versus avoid. Uh, I feel like a lot of platforms keep, keep that almost like locked in a, in a chest, uh, and are super scared to, (laughs) to tell, you know, to at least give people anything. Uh, so thanks a lot. That makes a, makes a ton of sense. Um, and speaking of Google search, I mean, I traditionally come from SEO, so of course I'm going to touch on that subject. Yeah. Uh, but um, there are two thoughts that I had on this. Uh, the one is, are you aware that people use Quora for keyword research? For example, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, like you can punch in Quora.com into Ahrefs or SEMrush or Moz or whatever you use, and you can then filter for a certain keyword and then see what comes up and, and structure your content based on that. Are, do you, like, how do you think about when you when you read those articles or those or see those things like how does it make you feel i mean i think it i think it they're they're highlighting some like really unique benefits of quora like quora's questions are all demand driven you don't have to guess what your audience is looking for because they're literally telling you so i think that's an amazing opportunity uh for our marketers one to go write the answer uh, and also write the blog post. Both are fine. <laughs> but I think a lot of times there's a lot of market research that goes into Quora that I think they just kind of casually dismiss. And I think there's actually more that you could leverage there within your own industry. It may not be your specific brand, but you know, within your keywords, I think that's really good. And then two, like the Barnacle SEO is completely legit. Do it. If we rank, if we're like number five for your keyword, why would you not try to... I try to write the best answer, which will be easier to rank for than trying to rank in Google, in my opinion. (laughs) And so I'd rather compete against 20 answers rather than millions of, you know, potential results within Google, as they remind us every time with, I found million of results in 0.02 seconds. You know, I love that part (laughs) within the search results. So, um, so that's how I think through it and I fully get it and I fully encourage it. I, I would just also just make the recommendation, like write the answer, like, and own it, you know, own it there. I'd even tell you to put an ad there. That also makes sense, right? If you're, if you're, uh, cause you can do with core ad, you can target the specific question. So even with the low budget and pretty low, like risk, you could just put the ad on that question and set it and forget it almost. So, yeah. yeah. And it very much speaks to the size of Quora as well. Uh, so first of all, just to um, mention that I think it's 300 or over 300 million people on Quora, right? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, so that's in itself just fascinating. And also 
alludes to how big of an opportunity it is to engage with the community. So that's where me as an SEO or traditionally as an SEO, uh, I also want to say like, don't, as you, as you already uh, iterated on, like don't just use it for keyword research, leverage the audience and engage with them right. on Quora as well. And then you also touched on, uh, on ads and so this is also something that uh, I'm very curious about. Like, how how should people best use ads on Quora? What's kind of the best? And I know that's a very broad question, but what are some <laughs> of the best practices or some of the use cases? Yeah, I mean, I think within Quora ads, again, the, the opportunity, like you mentioned, 300 million, and that's that's only English language. We have over 20 languages in Quora uh, that we're building out over the last two years. So. Uh, there's a whole another subset of numbers that we haven't even released. Um, and so those are hopefully going to be released in 2020. It's pretty exciting. But I think how to leverage Quora ads, one, that's the opportunity is the audience size. We just kind of also hit on this without really saying it. It's like the intent. Uh, when people are coming onto Quora, they're in this mindset. You know, this, and that's what you really want. You want to tie into as a marketer. And you can do this with ads. Like think about what they're doing. This really is like mid-funnel right? They're not necessarily passively scrolling on Instagram because I'm in an elevator. I'm not, you know, going to Google search because I already have the answer and I'm looking for the solution, right? Does that make sense? They really are in this research, evaluation, consideration, and coming to Quora, they're really open to new solutions. They're open to your service, your product. And if you can either A, write the answer really well and really get a lot of real estate within there, like the why you exist and why they should pick you, right? That's a great opportunity. You can also put the ad there. And that's where you can align really that intent with your solution. You can be the answer for them quickly with an ad. And I think that's also a really great thing for uh, advertisers to jump into. And so I think that's the idea of it is mid-funnel, high intent audience. It's a large audience. And now you can present your solution as the answer. That's the opportunity. And so the ways that you can get started, we only have three ad units. <laughs> so it's pretty simple. It's a text ad. It's an image ad. The only difference there is one has an image and one doesn't. <laughs> so that is literally the only difference. And then we have promoted answers, which is really that mixture. We just talked about this. So you can write the answer. Now, instead of waiting for that evergreen views to kick in, you can actually boost it. You can promote it and select your audience targeting, right? And that's where it gets really cool because now you can be contextually relevant with an answer pretty quickly. And that's where we're seeing a lot of advertisers start to lean into Quora a lot more because now they can get this organic and paid benefit and get it quicker. And I think that's kind of, if you're looking for those quick hits, those quick results, I highly recommend doing something like that because um, I like topic targeting. So for example, there's questions. All of our questions are tagged with topics and they're smaller topics. They roll into larger topics, right? And you can actually define who you want to see it. So when people are looking in these topics, contextually relevant topics, your ad would pop up. And then of course we have like interest targeting. This is more like you would see within Facebook, people that are interested in this topic, show them this ad. And then with audience targeting, you can do website, upload your email list. You can do lookalikes. Um, you can do audiences based off of our pixel events. We have nine pixel events, which is pretty cool. And then the, our last one is broad. Like if you want to run the entire platform, this is mostly for the bigger brands that just want eyeballs. Um, but for those out there that are looking for massive scale, couple broad with CPA bidding. So that way you're only going to get the eyeballs for the people most likely to convert. Hmm. So that would be a way to think through that. Anyway, that's the pitch. <laughs> yeah, it's a good pitch. It's a great pitch, honestly. <clears throat> I think that's uh, often overlooked is advertising on Quora. Um, and I would also assume that the average CPC or CPI cost per impression, cost per click is lower than on Facebook, for example. Uh, that is true. Uh, from what I've seen in some of the uh, quarterly benchmark reports and then when I look internally, we haven't released you know, what that looks like um, from us. But there are some third-party solutions that are now API partners that put out these reports. So I'd probably look to them in the future to start including us in those reports. Um, but I can tell you 
if you just want to like take my word, yeah, yeah, they are cheaper. I think there's a couple of things that we can say about that is um, our advertisers have gotten a lot better. And when they get better, the results get better, hmm. right? So we use a VCG auction, which is just like Facebook's, right? And so when you have good creative and you have like a true value bid, we're able to optimize for that. And so what we've seen over time, quarter over quarter, our CTRs have improved and our CPCs have gone down. Hmm. And for the last two years. So every quarter, it's actually gotten cheaper, and your CTRs have only gone up. I can, I can show you the trend graph, but I can't give you the actual numbers. Um, but it's, it's pretty impressive to see, one, our algorithm's gotten better. The advertisers have gotten savvier. And I can only say, two, it's effective and it's efficient. And that's a win-win for advertisers. Yeah, 100%. And I also love this kind of mix. It's almost a mix of uh, Google Ads and Facebook Ads, where you can, on one hand, just like have the broad um, like um, brand awareness campaigns or brand campaigns in general, where you just, as you said, get a lot of eyeballs, but you can also boost your answers, which is a, almost like a Facebook type of thing. You can increase your reach uh, for uh, money, more or less. And I feel like, I don't know if there's a, um, a platform that has both of these, combines both of these formats. Maybe maybe I'm off, but uh, that's that seems pretty interesting to me. And I have to invest a little more into um, playing around with that. But I feel like there's a, you can get a good brand and performance component out of it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Cora definitely indexes on the performance marketing side, uh, 100%. Uh, you know, we don't have video ads, right? So that would be like more of a brand play, not necessarily. But one thing that's also pretty cool, I mean, I mean, Facebook now lets you do search. So when people search, you can put an ad there. I think that maybe just came out of beta. And then Pinterest also has search, which I, you know, I think the latest stat, which could be a few years old now, like they get 2 billion searches a month, which is like, whoa, like people really go to Pinterest and they search, right? And I think you can also align your ad, whether that's in feed, but also that kind of contextual relevance for a keyword. So I think they, they, you know, they offer this interest versus contextually relevant. I think what I'm mostly excited about, even as a marketer, and I think through the future, contextually relevant ads are not going anywhere, right? If, if Facebook gets broken up with antitrust, like that's a problem. You know, Google gets broken up. Uh, what happens to YouTube, right? And I think, you know, what at the end of the day, I, I maybe it's, I've been reading too many DuckDuckGo answers, <laughs> but I, I, there is something to like, I don't need all of this information. And as a marketer, I'm also very privacy aware I use DuckDuckGo. I switched over to Firefox, right? Like I, I'm no longer wanting to give an ad platform all my data, right? Um, yeah. And that's really what it kind of comes down to, even as a marketer, even as an evangelist, even as someone who's telling you to go run ads. But I think you can do it in a privacy safe, but also like, uh, like almost like data relevant data. Like you're putting the user first. I don't know. I'm trying to like get this out, you know? And I think that's something that I've been wrestling with uh, myself. No, I totally hear you. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that because as soon as you mentioned or said contextual advertising, I also thought of Gabriel Weinberg and, and DuckDuckGo right away. Uh, yeah. And they have a really good compelling case, which totally makes sense to me. And it's something that we're dealing with a lot in SEO right now, um, just to bring that perspective to the table again. It's pretty much the same as user, user intent. And I feel like just from... You know, like that's basically what we do at SEO, uh, in SEO is like we look at the search and based on the search results, we try to understand what people really want when they search something. Because, you know, in a lot of cases, people use an, an abstracted formulation of a query, but means something slightly different or have a certain intent behind it. And you can get the same thing for advertising based on the interactions of the user, but not including... Uh, personal data or profiling data that you necessarily need for that. Um, one other thing, that, um, or be, uh, before we touch on that, actually, uh, <laughs> video answers in Quora, could you see that coming mm. in the future? So we tested out video answers back in like 2016, 2017. Um, a couple of things. It, it was it was difficult, so low, low adoption, uh, I would say. Um, two, it was, it was also... We didn't really have, I would say, the resources, maybe even uh, the moderation techniques mm. to do this well. Yeah. 
And I think after a year, we just kind of like shut it down with low adoption. And then, uh, you know, you think through now, like what YouTube, Facebook, Reddit, you know, even uh, what they go through now with uh, the amount of video that's being uploaded that's spammy or deep fakes. So I'm actually kind of excited that we didn't. That said, there are some ways around this. So let me, uh, uh, I think whenever you can put your YouTube video in an answer. So this is also a good way to get views, right? So you can, and of course, within YouTube, you can target anyone that has visited, right? So you can actually create cross-channel funnels doing this tactic. And so then uh, the way that we show answers, if you have an image or a video um, and I'm in feed, that goes to like, that's like your, I don't even know what to call that, right? It it becomes like your image in the feed, right? Gotcha. so it actually looks like a video ad hmm. when you're doing promoted answers. Now, when they go to push play, you know, it, it will expand the answer. And of course, then they'll read your answer. Then they can continue watching the video. But there are some sneaky ways, I would say, to kind of get around the video ad or placing videos within your answer. Um, again, you can you can experiment with that. If you don't like YouTube, you, you can try a Vimeo link as well. Interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. I feel like I need to play around more with that. Uh, we have video reviews on G2, which mm-hmm. uh, have really good engagement and are obviously a kind of create a, a, a different kind of um, um, trustworthiness and credibility because you simply see people's face and people talking mm-hmm. to a camera is a different thing than people writing, um, you know, and, and, and not necessarily showing their face, even though they might have a profile picture. So that's really interesting to play around with. And another thing that I am very curious about are Quora spaces or topics. Uh, I yeah. think called spaces, right? Spaces, yeah. Yeah, you recently rolled that out. Um, what's the thinking behind that, and how can what's what's the 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 preferred way to use spaces? <laughs> yeah, so spaces are currently in beta, slowly rolling those out to more people every month. It's been kind of a slow rollout as we we really want to um, take things a little bit slower it, with. Anything that Cora does, and this goes even to our growth, I mean, we've been around for 10 years, right? We take a very, uh, I would say, uh, you can call it slow, but it's also a very thoughtful approach to everything that we do. Uh, we have almost the opposite of the move fast, break things. Um, you know, our, our CEO was a, the first CTO at Facebook, and I think um, learning from a lot of those things, he's decided to run his company a little bit differently. And a lot, that also means sacrificing that fast growth, those fast wins, but it also means sustainable, evergreen type of growth, right? We're in it for the long haul. And I think whenever you're kind of like thinking through some of these things within Quora, like that's something to keep in mind, right? Um, within spaces. So spaces specifically, is a really around interest groups. So I like to think of it by pointing to other things. Uh, you can look at subreddits, you could look at Facebook groups and really combine those two things. So w- how they're kind of combined is it's a space for like-minded interest. Okay, so that's one that feels like those two things. But within that too, it's not necessarily your friends or your family in a group. It really is like-minded individuals with a real name policy. And that's where like Reddit's more anonymous, Facebook, you're going to use your real profile. And so now we can actually foster a community. And so within these spaces, what we're trying to do is let's say you're really a big Game of Thrones fan, right? You now have this community that you can ask each other questions. You can then answer, you can share links, and you can also like create posts. And so the best way to really think through this is also value. How do you connect with like-minded individuals and like, provide that value, you know? And so I think of it is almost like a group or like a subreddit, but this is the Quora version of it, really kind of centered around knowledge exchange. Yeah, that's very cool. And I wonder, how is it different from topics? Like how do you mm. how do you balance topics versus spaces? So it's very similar. <clears throat> so imagine, so for those listening topics, you're not familiar again, I was talking about how Quora is organized, right? So uh, a lot of people just go to topics. So a topic could be cloud computing. I just, I just made one up. Um, and there's all of these questions around cloud computing, but there's no real like moderator to that. 
there's no real dialogue to that that keeps me coming back to it. So one of them is more, it's kind of, uh, I would say it's there, you know, it's static, whereas the space is going to be a little bit more dynamic. It's going to be changing. The content's going to be changing. And hopefully there's going to be a little bit more dialogue within the space rather than on a specific question, you know, within the comments. So imagine kind of aggregating those two things together. So basically building a social network on top of, of your question-answer <laughs> network. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad way to kind of think through it, right? Um, I mean, we uh, we did some some polling, and the cool thing with a lot of us is a lot of our users don't see us as a social network. Hmm. And I think that's actually a good thing <laughs> when we look at where social media has kind of gone and some of the negativity that we've seen um, we're okay to not be lumped in with that. But at the same time, it's like, well, then like, what are you, right? Yeah, and yeah. so, uh, you know, we, we're a knowledge sharing platform and now you can like have these strangers, but the thing that you share and that you are uh, like is maybe cloud computing and you guys love to geek out on cloud computing. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you then, I would say, couple that with our be nice, be respectful policy and you're not really going to see any trolls. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're not going to really have any of this type of, uh, I would say, negativity. Right. Because now you have moderators, you have admins who are now moderating comments, moderating the posts that come into it. So there'll be that type of moderation. And then again, it has to be able to fit within the Quora ecosystem uh, to stay on there in an evergreen way. So, yeah, of course. That's yeah. kind of how we think through it. And it makes sense because you want as much engagement as possible so uh or high quality engagement better said yeah uh, and what what fascinates me is that it's it almost reminds me on youtube youtube to me is in a way a mix a mix between a search engine and a social network and i'm saying that because uh, it's obviously the the second largest search engine in the world where people search for tons of stuff but the consumption has a very social network-like component to it because you get a lot of right. recommendations, you have a lot of common interactions. And in the same fashion, I feel like Quora is becoming that kind of hybrid where it's a, a hybrid between like a, almost like a, a Wikipedia and a, a social network, right? You have that interactive crowdsourced knowledge. It's primarily a knowledge-sharing platform, but then it also becomes very social where people interact and engage um, and so when I think about Wikipedia, I'm wondering, do you see that same distribution of people who create content and people who consume content? I think there's this nine uh, or this one nine ninety type distribution where one percent are the kind of power users that create most content, nine percent of people engage with it, and then but the majority, ninety percent, just kind of watches and comes to lurk. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard that. I really like this. I'm going to have to like 1990. That's really cool. I should actually ask our user research team. I think that one's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, we do know that not everyone answers. I mean, answering is such a, um, I think a lot of people are actually scared to write uh, more than anything else. I don't think there's so much scared to put their blog post on Quora. It's almost like getting started, yeah. right? There's almost like, well, which one do I answer? Well, what about this one? It's like, just get started, you know, like going back to Seth Godin, just launch, you know what I mean? Like it's just, just get going. And so, uh, I don't know those answers off the top of my head, but there are definitely those people. So how we think of them as we have knowledge seekers, we have experts that share, uh, their knowledge. And then we definitely have people that are just here for the comment. You know what I mean? Like I'm just here to read. Uh, I find myself, uh, defaulting to that last one more and more. But I think it's also the consumption. I find it more edifying, yeah. right? Like there is like something that happens in your brain when you learn something, right? And I, it's, it's that change and this is that power of knowledge versus like, you know, you can get onto Twitter, which is still, I love Twitter. I'm, I'm, I would consider myself a power user of Twitter, right? And But you can leave not feeling great at times. You're like the world is burning what is happening (laughs) like what is going on with the u.s right now and then you can come over to cora and be like oh okay cool like you know what i mean like it was almost like a breath of fresh air of like can i just i can i just read about you know marketing and read about SaaS or read about something from experts in the field and i don't know like i leave feeling better uh, about myself so anyway uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. not, not to blame Twitter. I still love Twitter, but I mean, at times it's definitely. Uh, I think people uh, feel feel differently leaving the platform. Oh, I totally agree, and I have the same feeling. I love Twitter as well, but sometimes things are being just taken to a ridiculous level. <laughs> like we don't have to get lost of that necessarily but uh yes it, it th i think that's that's really a big advantage of cora that it doesn't have it doesn't run um uh risk of going into that direction unless you want to right unless you f go yeah. into a topic where people discuss politics at a very um intense rate or you know like in a, in a very certain way um but what do you think like, where do you see Cora going in the future? Like, what do you see? And obviously, you cannot, you know, like lay the whole roadmap blank. But uh, maybe even from a higher level or from a from an abstract level, uh, what do you see coming for Cora? That's a really good question. It's something that you know, again, at our all hands meetings, being mission first, it's something that we always think about. Um, you know, like I don't think it's unreasonable, right? So I think right now. I mean, we are the world's largest knowledge sharing platform, and we do that through question and answering. We are fully aware there are many forms of knowledge, yeah. right? Question and answer is just one aspect of it. So if you were to maybe see Cora in 10 years from now, it's like, how do we catalog other things, uh, other forms of knowledge? How do you catalog podcast? That would be interesting, right? How do you catalog videos, You know what I mean? And like, I'm not saying we're going to take on YouTube, you know what I mean? But it's like, how do you catalog other forms of knowledge? And I think that's completely within mission. And I think that would be, I would be unsurprised if we ever did something like that. Yeah. Again, I think at this point in the, I'd say in the near term future, if you're interested where we're going right now, it's the democratization of knowledge in other language. Yeah. Uh, so 300 million in English, uh, that's roughly about a third of English speakers in the world visit Quora based off some of the stats, right? Every month. And so how do we, and we know that English, it might be the business language of the world, but like, you know, how do you reach people in other countries in their native language? And I think that's an interesting model and something that again is very ambitious for us to take is to launching Quora in 20 languages. Like that's, that's insane. That is But, insane. Because <laughs> a lot of other, I mean, uh, I mean, I look at other like networks, right? And it's not, they're not, right? I mean, I look at um, like Reddit. Reddit, Reddit's English only, yeah. right? Um, we, I mean, I, I actually, I think Reddit does some really cool stuff and I've, I've always inspired by some of the things that they're doing. But, you know, they haven't really broached into that internationalization. But you look at like Facebook, how did they get 2.7 billion people, right? It's not all in English, right? And so I think for us, it's mission first of, you know, where Facebook's trying to connect the world, we're just trying to knowledge share with the world. And, you know, we know that knowledge builds people up and it changes their lives for the better. And so uh, we've had a lot of people reach out and it's been kind of cool to see uh, our growth in India. I mean, India is now our fastest growing country. It's our second uh, largest uh, user base. And people write in all the time saying, you know, I was able to get into college. I was able to pass my exams. I was able to get a job based off of this knowledge that people have shared. And you're just like, oh, wow. Like you just kind of forget about these things, you know? Um, I mean, my personal life, I mean, I can say those things as well with a new kid. I, I know I you, you, you saw the slide I mentioned, right? But uh, I just had a kid, Jude, who's now one year old. And And if it wasn't for the a lot of the Quora answers, I, I wouldn't know because I'm my wife and I are from Oklahoma and we're out here in you know in Santa Cruz in California, but and our family's so far away, and so we don't can like can't really like lean on them easily for answers and stuff. And so being able to crowdsource answers and get that knowledge uh, is really helpful whenever uh, family's far away. And connections are far away as well. So uh, anyway, that's just my personal anecdote of the power of knowledge and where I see us moving to in the next maybe five years, but also in the next 10 years. That is very powerful. And what a cool feeling to kind of use the, your own product or the, the product of the company that you're working for and getting so much value out of it for your personal life. I think that's almost the perfect application for especially an evangelist, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can also very much relate to the internationality I think you have German as a language for a little bit. Uh, and yeah. I remember, I think 
trying that out a year or two ago and getting some great uh, responses and feedback, but also being able to establish almost a first mover status. Um, and not as active anymore as I used to be. I really, there was like a time when I really, um, tried to see what I can get out of it. But because it's all basically a new market and all the cards are reshuffled, um, I think there was a lot of opportunity to be gained. And I'm sure that at some point, uh, and you don't necessarily have to answer this. Not, not basic, not a, not a real question, but I'm sure at some point, uh, there might be ways to even translate some of the best answers from English into other languages. And so, uh, it's, probably still a good point to really start becoming active on Quora in the hindsight that you might be shown also in other languages. Or if you're bilingual, bilingual, you know, I was very lucky to, to be born in Germany and, and also grow up um, uh, speaking English uh, and being American. So um, I was, you know, like I'm, I'm, I can switch between both worlds almost uh, like the matrix <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, make, make use of that in some, in some form of way, but there's a lot of good stuff coming for Quora, which is, which must be pretty exciting to be part of. Um, and then the, the um, another question that I had was, how do you, I mean, you are also, you already answered how you use it for your uh, personal life, but from an evangelist perspective, um, what are the things that you are, like how do you use Quora as an evangelist and not just for yourself personally? Like what are the maybe day-to-day -day things that you do in your job um, when it comes to Quora? Oh, nice. Yeah. So like, uh, like roles, responsibilities kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's actually a good question. So, um, probably like day to day, I look more like a product marketer, uh, for those listening. Um, so I'm really trying to help, as I said, within brand content and product marketing, you know, how do we tell our story and what is our differentiated story? Um, why would someone who has spent the last 10 years optimizing for Google and Facebook, even think about Quora. Right. Like these are the things that I think about, right? Or I think through our ads platform and work with our PMs, like what should we name this? What is the actual benefit to an advertiser or promoted answers or in beta right now is lead gen forms, right? So you, we can actually have like a lead gen ad on Quora, like talk about, that intent <laughs> in a native signup flow. Like that's amazing. So I think, you know, that's how I kind of in the day to day working with the marketing team is it's story. It's differentiated. It's, uh, doing a lot of sales training as well. Um, because I'm a marketer at first, like I've been a marketer for over 10 years and really focus with the focus on advertising. A lot of this is just easy. Like, no, 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 this, this is how we think. I'm, I'm just telling you, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and so you're going to the sales team and you're like, Hey guys, this is how we're going to pitch this. This is what this looks like. And then, you know, they go out and test it. They come back and say, Hey, like this fell flat for this type of, you know, this worked really well. Thank you. Hey, this stat was really cool. Can we get more? And so then it's iterating on that. And so we try to do that every quarter as well of, you know, what does our pitch deck look like? So working with our design team on how do we make our pitch deck look amazing because we're going to be compared to Google and Facebook when it comes to even deck design, right? <laughs> sure. And so it's like all the like little things that add up into a full like brand experience. So that's kind of how I think through my day-to-day -day and some of the roles and responsibilities that I have. What a cool role. What an exciting time to be, to be at Quora. Uh, yeah, so maybe, good. you know, as, as maybe one of the last questions, I'm really wondering like, what do you have um, in play for your future? Uh, maybe at Cora professionally or also in your personal life. Uh, what are some of the the goals and the things you want to do and that you are excited about? That's a really good question. You know, it's something that I don't really have a great answer. You know, it's it's really strange. Um, I in my career, I was always like looking for the next thing. Uh, if you look at my resume, you're like, man, like you can't stay still. Like, what's wrong with you, right? And it was like. I didn't really understand it. And now I finally at a, at a point where I'm like, no, this is actually like really cool. Like, and I, I, I don't even think about moving. Right. Which is like, my wife is like, thank you. Right. <laughs> stay, stay still. And I think, you know, for my own like professional career, um, as someone who grew up, so my first job was at a nonprofit and I was the new guy and it was, Hey, new guy, go figure out Twitter and go figure out this thing called Facebook. And also like we have this Google ads grant, like, can you just go, you know, make it work We need we need to spend this money. And so that's how I got into like the social marketing and how you get into search like PPC and you, it, it was fun, right? Right. You make a change and it was really cool. 
moved into the agency world, moved into uh, a platform that did like PPC analytics and reporting. And now I'm at an ad platform. And so now I just think about, you know, like how do you make this into something? You know, like if you ask me, like, and maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here, but like I see a ton of potential within Quora. Um, I think about the potential in the market. I think about advertisers that are like trying to diversify budgets that are really, you know, trying to reach a new audience. And I think about the SEOs and the content marketers. And I see like all these organic and paid plays. I see community building up. And now it's like, man, I feel like we're, we're, we're like the momentum is getting there and I don't, I'm not ready to get off. Right. And I think it's like, I just see this momentum riding. So for me, it's like, you know, how do I keep doing what I'm doing? How do I get other people as fired up and jazzed up as I am and to see this potential? And uh, it might be a self-critic on myself. It's like, the story's not resonating. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think that's how I think through my next couple of years and growing at Cora is positioning this company and telling its story in a way that's hopefully uh, other people can get excited about just as much as I am. I just think you're perfecting your craft just like the heroes that we talked about in the beginning just <laughs> taking it to that yeah, to that level yeah maybe that's what it is that's, that's actually a good point yeah man coming full circle i like that one <laughs> <laughs> thank you um there's only really one question that i have left and then we can uh, wrap it up uh cool. which is uh what do you wish more people would understand about cora or maybe even about your role yeah i mean so i think I'll start with the Cora one, right? I think um, I wish people like understood the opportunity more, right? And I think that, you know, there's some things that I wish Cora would do better. I, I wish Cora did more brand marketing, right? Uh, when I hear that Google and Facebook have billion dollar marketing budgets, you're just like, oh, really? Wow, that must be nice. <laughs> or you hear that TikTok spent over a billion dollars in app acquisition. I was like, oh, so you just grew. You, you just bought all your users. Like, can we do that? Hey guys, like anybody got a billion dollars that we can have so we can just buy users? Um, no, I think I, I wish people understood um, the users, the user growth. And I think there's a lot of, I would say like intrinsic value that people get out of Quora. And I think there really are a lot of experts out there. And I would make the argument, everybody is an expert at something whether that's SEO, whether that's advertising, but it's even like personal finance, real estate, technology, gaming, whatever it is, we're all experts. My dad is an expert in farming and I wish he would go on to Cora and share some of his knowledge as he gets older, right? And you're like, you need to like share this with the world so it also like lives, right? Yeah. Um, so I wish that part of it, you know, people would understand, even if you don't want to write, come in, you know, consume, I'm totally cool with you being an act, an active learner and participant on the platform. And then I think within my role, which I think people would understand, um, this one, actually, you know what? I think I'm going to give this one to all the conference organizers out there. Um, they're like, we don't want a platform coming and presenting and you're like no like i'm actually a marketer that just happens to work at the plat. you know what i mean and so i think they've been burned too many times on uh poor sessions you know what i mean and yeah. with no value yeah and i think within the evangelist role i wish that they understood like our job is to provide value we're not here pitching right i'm pitching but i'm like giving you the information in the pitch you know what i mean like it's, it's a slight difference uh and so uh, I think within the evangelist role, that one, and then two, uh, I think more companies should embrace it. I, I think there should be a champion of the company um, internally and externally. So externally, the evangelist, but I'm also bringing all of these really cool stories, these podcasts I'm doing back into the company and saying, check this out. Like, look how the market is reacting to these things. And it gets people excited, right? Whenever there's uh, a marketing land article that covers the latest on Quora, like our entire platform team, the ads platform gets excited. They're like, Oh wow, look, we built something. It's like out there and people like, like it, or <laughs> you're able to like share a tweet that Kevin, you know, tweeted out about after the, the presentation and people are like, Oh wow. Like, you know, even our designer who built the deck is excited. Right. And so, um, I think within that too, I think 
companies embracing the evangelist as whether that's your CMO or CEO. For us, we have a very uh, technical founder who is very humble and does not want to be in the limelight, does not want to do interviews. And so uh, thankfully, they're able to hire someone that uh, I get paid to be an extrovert is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not an extrovert. Like if you were to catch me in my element, I'm very much like an introvert. But uh, I, I can I can can go back and forth so i would say uh for companies out there you know lean into that i think it's pretty cool yeah yeah same here uh could totally relate to that but yes all you people out there catch that opportunity on cora uh jd this was a super fascinating tech bond conversation thank you so much for being very generous with your time and knowledge and you know spilling maybe a couple of secrets or tips here and there this is <laughs> really really you know uh very, very helpful for me. Before we wrap it up, um, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Except for Cora, of course, they can find you on Cora. Follow <laughs> you there, but where else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, on Cora, you'll find me. Um, if you're interested, I'm I'm writing digital marketing. I'm answering Cora stuff when you guys have questions, you know, and you're filtering them to me. I write about some coffee, a little bit about Oklahoma, a little bit about surfing. As I'm learning, I'm only two months in, and then. Uh, for Twitter, that's like the everyday conversation. You're going to find me. Uh, so at JD Prater, uh, JD P-R-A-T-E-R. And you can find me there. Let's connect. Like follow me. And uh, my DMs are mostly filled with uh, questions that you guys have about Quora. So I'm happy to also uh, facilitate any of those questions there. You can email me. I'm happy to provide that as well. Prater at Quora.com. So um, yeah, reach out. Like Like I said, I'm an open book. When you have questions and I'm allowed to answer them, I will definitely answer them. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I can attest firsthand that you are super helpful uh, also in guiding us at G2 through uh, optimizing uh, our experience on Quora and our profiles, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. So you do a fascinating (laughs) job. Uh, And to me, you know, you're already a true master of your craft. So uh, thanks uh, thanks so much for for being on, JD. uh, And I'll see you soon. Thanks again for having me.